Hi, and welcome to the New Moms Club podcast, where we talk all things motherhood, don't take ourselves too seriously, and obviously, have a real good time. It's the New Moms Club, but for all moms, where we love to talk about being moms. Hey, New Moms Club, it is so good to be with you. I'm your host, Lonnie, and today we have the most special guest ever, because it's my best friend, Molly Lee. I'm so excited to be here. This is so much fun and I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally so funny how uh, encouraging she is because she probably can do this like a million times better than me. She does do it a million times. No, absolutely not. I retired. (laughs) I retired from podcasting. (laughs) No, you didn't. Um, She'll be back. I know it. I believe in it. But Molly is a podcaster. Is that what you call it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're, if we're going to make it a verb, sure. Okay. Yeah. She's a podcaster. Mm-hmm. She has a podcast called Painfully Self-Aware. Um, she's also social media famous. <laughs> the drama. <laughs> um, Again, retired. But I knew her before the fame and the lights. Yeah. Um, you got to look back at the people that were with you in the trenches. <laughs> before the success. <laughs> um, no, there's been a lot that we've lived through. Um, 40-something kidney stones. Oh, yeah. Uh, living together, uh, almost getting abducted in Mexico. Yeah, that was my bad. No I just wanted to get my nose also pierced. In Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, a lot of the dangerous situations we've been in, I I am the, you know, contributing factor to that. Well, so. yeah, because I'm like cautious through the roof. Yeah, and I'm like, come on. <laughs> You're like adventure. And I'm like, I think I'm going to stay home and I was going to say read a book, but that's a lie. Yeah, I was like, no. We're going <laughs> to read. Yeah. You read, I don't read. Yeah. The other weekend, I was talking to someone and they were like, what'd you do this weekend? And I had to sit there and be like, I stayed home and I sewed this weekend. So I'm already in my hermit era. (laughs) So the adventure's gone. Like I hit 25 and now I'm a hermit. (laughs) We're also really into felt, both of us. (laughs) There's nothing like the joy of walking into a Michaels or a Hobby Lobby for me. I'm literally doing this. Oh, Joanne's. I went into Joanne's for the first time in my life last weekend. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Overwhelming. (laughs) I just was like putting things in my cart and I was like, I'll, I'll like deduct later and decide what I don't need. But I right now just going to collect, collect, collect. Oh my gosh. And like I was price checking with the ladies that worked there. Also, I love that everyone that works there is at least 75. Oh yeah. And they're so nice. And then I left my phone in an aisle Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I was taking pictures of things. (laughs) And they had to circle back. I like realized it almost immediately and they were they found it and they're like is this your phone and i was like this is they heaven. had already done a sw- this is heaven on earth it's because it's a bunch of moms and grandmas that work <laughs> yes. there so and you don't like, have to be a mom when you go in they're doing a sweep and they're yeah. like is this your daughter and i was like yes and like she's beautiful and you're like i know <laughs> if you don't think we're gonna be working at a joanne's craft store when we are i think old? that's the new life plan oh that's my what gosh. we're working towards yeah it's like i want to retire and then i want to go work at a joanne's <laughs> <laughs> i want to retire by like 45 live my life for a few years yes back to back to the workforce at 70 at joanne's yes and then we can just make felt ornaments for the rest of our lives you know i've been on that it is i do know it is early fall and i've been making ornaments (laughs) so excited making the plan for the ugly christmas sweaters oh yeah the ornaments yeah i've been taking orders we have a spreadsheet it's serious (laughs) we now have a crafting spreadsheet also who are we now (laughs) when did we turn a corner 
John, literally, because I ordered so much felt because I make these felt numbers for Ava for each month of Which are so cute and stunning and better than anything I they, could ever dream of that's doing. That's not true. Yeah. That is so not true. But I, anyway, I ordered a big box of felt, like custom all the Bulk. colors. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just customized all the colors, did a big thing, and then we got this big box of felt in the mail. And John opened the door. He was like, what is this? And I was like, oh, it's my felt. <laughs> it's my crafting supplies. And John was like... You have never sounded older. <laughs> well, whenever people would ask me, like, what are your hobbies? Yeah. I would always sit there and be like, I don't know if I have hobbies. I love to, like, hang out with my friends and watch movies. Now I'm like, I sit at home and I read and I sew and I craft. Yeah. And that's sure. it. I've always loved crafting. But when I was, like, going just through adulting and not having time for myself mm -hmm. and work, bleh, I that part of me laid dormant. Yeah. And then now it's alive again because oh, when so ava hard. naps i craft oh yeah and it's like you look forward to it now yeah, yeah. now i'm like oh, i can't wait for you to go to sleep so i can be alone like, with my I thoughts love you and my so crafts. much but mama got a felt <laughs> <laughs> she got a felt bro <laughs> so people were like oh my gosh how do you have time for all this and i'm like it's the only thing i do i take care of ava and i i work with felt You're like oh it's one of the only things i live for so thank <laughs> you <laughs> thank you for bringing that up molly and i have been working on ava's birthday party because she's also obsessed with creativity and things like that. When people talk about events of the year, they're going to be like, yeah, the Met Gala, Ava's birthday party, <laughs> world peace. Like, it's, it's just going to fall in line. <laughs> Whatever. But I literally am like, I don't know what I'm going to live for once it's over. Because, yeah. like, every free moment, I'm like, got to make this craft. We'll got to do this. Yeah, we'll find another thing to obsess over, I'm sure. That's never been our problem. That's, that's true. <laughs> I'm so excited. Not ever been a problem. Okay, so um, obviously you can understand that we're um, best just friends gabbing. for a reason. <laughs> just girls who gab about crafting. Um, Molly is so, like, I love her because she's probably my most intentional friend. I don't know that we would have, like, been able to stay friends had you not pursued me, like, in the season of motherhood for me, mm -hmm. had you not been so intentional to pursue me and our friendship because I have not been able to be the same for you as I was before but like you are, have been so good at making sure that like we're still tight we're still close like you come to my house like all the time which I love and you know there's just not a lot of people that can do that that have the like tenacity to mm -hmm. stick it through and like even though I haven't been able to be there for you like you have been for me you've never once made me feel bad about it well I think it's also sweet first of all that's very kind that you say that you know I love you but I think it's sweet because we aren't ever, ever able to like see those attributes in ourselves. Yeah. But like even for you saying that, I sit here and I'm like, you have always been the most incredible friend to me. Like even with you transitioning to motherhood, there's like a joy in like I cried the other day just watching you. You like, cry every day. <laughs> true about Ava. <laughs> but I was just watching you dance with Ava and I was literally crying and just saying, I love watching you be a mom. And like never for a second has it even been like man i like she like i miss her or whatever like yeah. it's not it's not that like that's i don't even feel that way i don't feel like things have changed in that aspect it's like as you've stepped into motherhood and into this new place it's like a joy or almost i'm like am i hanging am i around too much no. <laughs> like am i showing up too and I much think that's what i appreciate is like you've never made you've never made it a competition between you and Ava. You know oh, what I'm saying? Because no. yeah. I feel like some people are like, wait, I just still want my friend before. Like, I don't right. want to be around her and the baby. But like, you're like, you want to hang out with Ava probably more than you want to hang out with me. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and I make that very clear. Yeah. I'm like, Lani, I love you. You're my number one. But Ava's my like point five. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's literally what I was gonna It's like a little there, yeah. <laughs> or whenever I come over, it's like there's I don't know, there's just such a I can't even describe it or put it into words because I'm gonna cry talking about it yeah, and thinking cry. about how much I love you and Ava and John. You never and, used to cry before. Oh my gosh. It's like people are like, motherhood changes you. I'm like, yeah, well, ant life has like <laughs> but i understand like moms are talking about their kids and i'm just they're like yeah and my kid was um and i'll just like go on <laughs> anyways yeah no i just so appreciate it but yeah that's something we haven't talked about yet is you're not a mom not a mom and so you're our first non-mom wow on the pod and i have you on here to talk about that because really we're going to talk about waiting and yeah. seasons of waiting and how to champion your friends that are living your dream yeah while you're not right and i'm just so excited to dive into that with you because i mean i'll i will say this a lot on the podcast with you but i don't think i've ever known someone that can celebrate people more than you mm. even when it like maybe could potentially hurt yeah because you're like i guess i remember i got pregnant and you were like lonnie i'm so happy for you like i'm beyond happy for you but like my dream is to do this with you like yeah. for us to have babies together get pregnant together have babies yeah and you're just like i just that's what i like i don't want anything more than that you right. know and i remember just being like man that must suck mm -hmm. you know but you never once were like you you're the worst for getting pregnant without me you know? oh, right yeah that would be so weird <laughs> or like you didn't avoid me you didn't do anything oh, you were yeah. just like immediately in right and you cried over ava more than i have ever i think probably yeah, probably yeah i remember <laughs> when i was pregnant and i was kind of like not sure about what, like being a mom but you were like all in about it because you probably want to be a mom more than anybody I know. And so you were so excited for me. And every day you're like, how's Ava doing? How are you? Like, <laughs> yeah, all this stuff. And like I'm checking in. One day I looked at you and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you're like, please just don't ask. <laughs> and I was like, no, right, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I don't, there's, I think part of the reason why, well, okay, here's what I'll say is, a lot of people like you can always think of people that are just like super encouraging in your life or just super gifted in those different areas or whatever it is but i've learned that like championing like being a champion for other people is a learned habit mm -hmm. and it is a choice and a lot of people don't think that they're like well i'm not naturally super a or b or c right but it is it is something that you can learn and i remember whenever I was in high school and I would see friends that were in a different stage of life than I was, even if it was like silly high school relationships or things like that. Yeah. You get into your mind like, man, why don't I have a boyfriend? Does mm -hmm. no one like me? Am I the worst? Like mm -hmm. your mind can just snowball into those places so fast. But even then, I just remember like I would talk a lot to Faith about it, who's been on the show because she was working in youth when I was a high schooler. Um, mm -hmm. And I just remember like, she was such a pivotal moment for me in learning how to champion other people. Yeah. And I don't know. It's like, I feel, I also am trying to learn how to accept compliments and love better because I'm really bad and awkward about it. Um, so I'm trying not to like deflect <laughs> whenever you say stuff. That's what I'm working on right now. But I mean, it, it's like, there's never been a more joy-filled season of my life genuinely than like, just watching you become a mom which sounds so silly kind of but it's like <laughs> I can't explain it like 
I don't know. It's been the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> and I'm not even and the a mom. most And the most shopping you've ever done. Oh my gosh. My my credit card is being swiped. <laughs> we are buying things. My mom was like, you have to stop buying so much stuff for you. I was like, mom, it's not me. You're like, it's not me. <laughs> and I show up and I'm like, shut up. Just take it. I'm putting it in her room. Okay. And, then, and then I struggle with receiving all that. Yeah. And so we're just always constantly like, no, stop. But yeah. please don't do that. Oh, no, no, no don't, don't, no, don't. And then the other one's like, well, you're going to take it yeah. and I'm leaving it here. Like so, the rudest we ever are. <laughs> so you're going to have to deal with that yeah. internally because <laughs> it's a gift and it's That's, being loved. It's your problem and you're going to have to get over it. Yeah. <laughs> We're so kind. We are so kind. Mm-hmm. I also love that like there's, we always it seems like we always go through things together at the yeah. same time. Yeah. So even though we're like in different places in our lives, it's like, oh, this is what God's doing in my life right now. And you're like, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or you're like, this is what I just did, like walked through and I'm feeling like this. And you're, and I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. Or like today was a bad day. We're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> same over like, here. Yeah. It feels like a gift almost because it's one of the things that helps me get out of my head of like the mental spiral that happens if like Mm -hmm. it's a really bad day or if it's a really wonderful day and Mm -hmm. so much is happening and I'm feeling amazing I always just sit there and it's like I know that I can either share the joy with you and you're going to be in the same place (laughs) or that you're going to understand where I'm coming from and it's just like hey not looking for advice just need to dump and let you know where I'm at and then there's a mutual dumping of like okay well (laughs) bye terrible days okay love you (laughs) there was a day i called you and i'm like it was probably my lowest moment ever postpartum and i called you at work and it was like during lunch and i was like please tell me you don't have anything you're doing during lunch and you're like i don't and i was like great because i'm in the parking lot and i need you to come out (laughs) i was like okay coming coming yet you just hear a jumbling at my desk and i'm like lonnie needs me everyone just stop going to the car and we just drove around and i just bawled like for no reason oh yeah we and just he, dissociated and drove around and i was just like i hate john and you're like what did, why what did he do and i said nothing and i was like <laughs> right right him. yeah <laughs> right <laughs> it's core memory yeah you're well, like yeah we went I, to walgreens. I, hate, I hate him too we went to walgreens we and both looked awful. <laughs> oh atrocious i looked like a grease ball ava like, i think was like just in a diaper right and i was <laughs> yeah they were like what a weird modern family <laughs> coming into this walgreens <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah but i just so appreciate the like in the highs and in the lows i feel like for both of us we're able to kind of be like oh this day sucked for me but if it's a good day for you which almost never happens because we really are high and low together yeah ironically right but it like when it does happen we're able to be like excited for the other person oh, yeah. but i think i learned so much of that from you because mm, sweet. like always 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 Although, except for when I got engaged. <laughs> Do you remember that day? When I was asleep, passed out <laughs> yes. from kidney stone medication. You were so <laughs> sick and you were so... <laughs> this is one of my favorite memories because Lonnie It's like and the I... one time you acted out of character. <laughs> Lonnie and I um, were roommates and I remember... I So I was passing a kidney stone from the pits of hell. It was like and, eight millimeters big. Oh yeah, big. I had to have like stints put in. It took a month. I was Didn't they have, have to like surgery. laser shoot oh, it yeah, to yeah. break it up into pieces? I had like five kidney stones at the time that were completely blocking my urinary tract. So I had yeah. to, anyways, too much information. <laughs> no one cares. But I was, I was drugged up because yeah. I was waiting for a month before I could get in for this surgery that they were going to do. And I, all I did was sleep. I think I ate a total of four saltine crackers in a month and just yeah. water. Like, you were so skinny. That was, that was all that I ate because yeah. I could not hold anything down. And I just remember hearing this knock on my door and I picked my little head up <laughs> from a deep slumber pain. And Lonnie was like, hey, 
I just wanted to let you know that um, John just proposed to me. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you literally like, uh, okay. Like, I don't that's- think you even said that's awesome or that's great. You were just like, okay. okay. <laughs> and then Lonnie was like, okay, I just wanted to let you know. And then just shut my bedroom door and I just went back to sleep. I didn't even think it was weird until yeah. then because I could not form emotions or yeah. thought at that time. But then the next day I was like, I, that was a miss. <laughs> That was a miss on my end. I was too in my own space about it. But like totally valid. But I remember closing the door and I was like, Molly must really not be okay. Because <laughs> Molly's like, I just wanted to celebrate. Like you're the first person that I'm like feeling about it. Yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> good night. <laughs> I'm going back to sleep. And again, it's like 8 p.m. Yeah, yeah. literally. It and was. I was yeah. crashed. Yeah. And then the next day I come home and there's like this enormous basket of like Mr. and Mrs. Goodies. And <laughs> oh, the cringiest stuff. I was like... I need to go and get all the things. Yeah. <laughs> and Molly was just like, I'm so sorry, but this is so exciting. <laughs> sorry, I didn't tell you. I'm earlier. back. <laughs> back in the headspace. Yeah, that's one of my favorite stories because it was so unlike you. And, well, but other than that, you did. You <laughs> yeah, always yeah. Everyone has their moments, but that was yours <laughs> and it was bad. But other than that. <laughs> well it, it really is more funny than bad yeah it was i mean because it's like the lowest you've ever been <laughs> all the energy you had yeah. was to say that okay. was one time when i was at you know the valley and you were at your mountain everest yeah. and we felt it <laughs> we felt it it's like we lived together but we never saw each other oh no totally different schedules i was a hermit again yeah, yeah. oh yeah. my gosh the best but i will say though that like my friends, I sit there all the time and just think about how much my best friends and my people like celebrate me so well all the time. And I I acknowledge that it's rare to have that kind of like friendship and community around you. And so even as again, like you say that I sit here and I'm just in awe of like, man, but the only reason why I know how to do that is because other people taught me how to do that too Mm, and it just becomes natural because you're not thinking like it does it's not effort it's not Mm -hmm. extra like it just becomes part of the friendship that you have and how you learn to celebrate people like there's not a does that make sense it's like you Mm -hmm. don't have to pause to get taken out of that headspace or to do something extra it's like that thoughtfulness and joy just gets woven into the fabric of yeah. how you operate with each other yeah. or just the honesty of like anger or whatever yes. it is. It's like, that's the core of it. It's like yeah. just that honest space of friendship. I, I can't even right. explain it, but I know how to do that only because of the other people and the friendships that I have in yeah. my life that do that for me. Right. And often I get in my head like, well, it's not as significant because it's just this or it's just that. But my friends like especially you like love to make a big deal out of the smallest thing, which I have come to love and I try to do all the time. Uh I'm like, everything is a big deal. Everything's amazing. It's probably my Brazilian-ness. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's like everything can be a celebration if you want it to be. And I think like living from that place, it just makes life more fun. Like why would you not want to do that with your friends? It's the best. John hates it because I'm like, we're having a pizza night, so I'm going to get some balloons and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And he's like, we have no money. Stop spending money. And you're like, okay, I'll go to Dollar Tree, but let me live. You don't understand. Oh, it's a Tuesday? Margarita Tuesday? (laughs) Yeah, you're like, we got to go. We got to go to the store. (laughs) I remember the first time I had like an alcoholic beverage after Ava was born. 
I literally invited so many people over to the house. Oh, and yeah. like, John's making margaritas, everybody. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I showed up with a, a full cooler, thing. like, <laughs> towing it into the house, <laughs> pulling slowly. <laughs> whole thing. And literally that morning, I was like, I think, I think today's the day I'm going to have a drink. Yeah. And John was like, okay. And I was like, okay, so we have to throw a party. <laughs> It was literally like, I get the text and it's like, it's happening. Let's put, put the stuff in the bag. We're canceling plans. We're going. <laughs> like, it's a big deal. Oh, man. But yes. I, what I love about what you were saying earlier about, you know, just not, not having to stop to celebrate people or yeah. stop to love people well. You know, it's like it's a learned behavior because we observe it from other people. Mm-hmm. We learn it and then it becomes so learned that it's ingrained yeah. inside of us. And then it just becomes part of like your character. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've, well, I've. I think I've always wanted to celebrate other people well. Like, I remember in college, like, for my best friends, I would throw them birthday weeks. Yeah. You know, and just would, like, (laughs) do all these, like, crazy things and that no one really cared about. But I put so much effort in. Like, (laughs) there was for one of my friends, I literally had something every day that, like, she loved. (laughs) Yeah. And we ended it with, like, a water balloon fight in her church parking lot, you know. And at the end of that, she was like, thank you, but, like, why did you do all of this work? I don't know. (laughs) you're like you're right i don't know that's a lot of work and she's like a really low chill maintenance like not <laughs> the kind of friend that's gonna do that for you and she's like thank you so much but it, it's like it's not how she receives love right, either so right. she's like thanks but like why you're both just standing in a parking lot soaking wet from water balloons Literally. staring at each other yeah <laughs> and i was like oh i don't know i guess i just love you and she's yeah. like well thanks but like we could have just had some popcorn at the house <laughs> and you're like right right okay <laughs> I could have saved a lot of money, but that's fine. But, like, that's me. I'm always like, oh, you don't want to be celebrated? I'm going to do it anyway because I want to do it. Yes, right. <laughs> Which, yeah, there could be a selfishness involved in, like, my behaviors sure. <laughs> a lot of the time. But I think, too, like, there is that air, like, or that area of we are extra as human beings. We yeah. are always going to do 125%. Mm-hmm. Like, we, it is our mission in life to, like the the shock and awe factor the ritz the glam like yeah i love it it makes yes. me so excited like mm-hmm. on a budget you know what i mean yeah but <laughs> for, for dollar tree. yeah for people like us though like people see that and see that as the standard and it's like but at the at the heart of it it's all the same like right. we make it 28 times what it should be <laughs> but at the same time like that's not what it looks like it doesn't look like the extravagance of celebrating right. other people or like in the the thing that I think about a lot is this is something that my counselor taught me too. The only thing that that can break you out of that place of complacency or that place of anger or like the victimization cycles that you start mm-hmm. thinking of like, man, I wish I was in that place and it's going to hurt to celebrate that friend or like you even see people a lot of the time now when which there is a kindness to it when they're like announcing that they're pregnant. Yeah. And then at the end of the post, they'll add like, now, for anyone struggling with fertility, mm-hmm. but like they give, which it's really sweet because these people have obviously walked through that as well. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to comfort those around them. But it's almost like we are afraid to fully celebrate our wins in life because we are afraid of how that's going to be translated. Or yeah. we recognize the times where we were in that painful place on the receiving mm-hmm. end of that and that like cycle of woe is me and the victimization thoughts and like god why like Mm -hmm. it's not even a childish why it is the deepest yearning and pain that you've Mm -hmm. ever felt of like why is this not happening for me Mm -hmm. or why does this keep happening or Mm -hmm. whatever it is um and the only thing that breaks you out of that place the only thing that breaks you out of that cycle out of the um like complacency out of not being content and just like that wrestle 
is gratefulness. Yeah. And when my counselor told me that, I literally was like, please stop. Like, I don't come here to get like the pat on the back, Bible verse, whatever. But I sat there and thought about it. And when she was like, when you refocus that place from thankfulness and from the like, and even I took it further of like the excitement of getting to celebrate other people. Yeah. It breaks you out of it immediately because mm-hmm. you realize like not everything is on fire. Not yeah. everything is bad. Mm-hmm. And like the my mind for sure, and I think it's true for a lot of people, is the biggest battlefield and holdup that I have in my life, in my relationship with the Lord, in my friendships. It's the thing that, that holds me back all the time. Like from the time I was 12, I've believed that my presence and existence is a burden to other people. And it is my duty in life to unburden people as much as possible and not be a bother. So yeah. that is the place that I've operated out of for most of my life. And breaking down those thoughts and taking them captive and being like, wow, but God, I'm so grateful because you've given me like, and you just start listing things. Mm -hmm. And it's not like the, it feels like the cheesiest thing on paper, but when you start doing it, it just refocuses you on the promise and on the yes and on what's happening. Mm -hmm. And in those places, it's like you get to full, it frees you up to fully celebrate people because you're not you're no longer just turning inwardly to that place, but you also know that God still cares about it. It's not the blocking and the dissociating and the just forgetting about it and trying to be like the false positivity or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's realizing that tension of every part of life is living in both. It is Mm -hmm. living in, okay, the pain of this and the joy of this. Like it's, you have to learn that tension and to lean into it or else you're always going to be waiting for life to be quote fair And it's never going to be like, that is not how God operates. He operates out of goodness and joy and having the best for us, not like fairness from our earthly perspective. Right. So, yeah. Well, and what I love about you and really where I see the like blatant attack from the enemy in your life is that even though you have always felt like you're a burden and like Mm -hmm. your presence is not welcome or too much or whatever and how you like have had to undo those thinking patterns that weren't really your thoughts to begin Mm -hmm. with um you on the opposite end make everybody feel like they are the most important person in the room and wanted Mm -hmm. and so it's like you can see how the enemy is so strategic because the gift that you have is to make people feel extraordinarily loved Mm -hmm. and welcome and just like I mean like I said you celebrate people better than anyone I know and you're so intentional with people and you make everyone feel like the most important person in the room and at the same time the enemy is plaguing your mind like you don't belong you're too much you need to leave when you're the one person in the room making everybody feel special Mm -hmm. like do you see like how insane that is yeah like how like specifically the enemy wants to like to take that away from your true identity you know yeah and i was talking about that this literally this week again with my counselor like we love your counselor oh we love her it's the first time i had i've had that revelation and like we didn't even talk about it so it's like amazing that you bring that up like you and I didn't talk about it no yeah yeah. because I was talking with her and I was like all of these places that you feel like imposter syndrome or you're like well because we were also talking about um the conversation had turned into like a shepherding heart and mothering heart and Mm -hmm. all of this stuff and just talking through that and it's like the giftings that the Lord has given me and the stuff that I find the most joy in 
um, and doing for other people is the exact truth that it's hard for me to believe, which it's not Mm -hmm. a coincidence. Like you just said, it is the enemy directly working in those areas. Mm -hmm. Um, So for example, like I have always felt you know, like the the burden that we've talked about and all of these different things. It's been very much like the orphan spirit of feeling like I don't deserve anything. I don't know how to accept gifts. Mm-hmm. I don't know that God is good if he's mm-hmm. good. You know, yeah. those cycles of thought over and over again. And the thing that brings me the most joy in my life is hospitality and mothering and shepherding. Yeah. And that is all about speaking identity to people, giving them the warm hug, giving them yeah. the home. Yeah. And it's like, I find nothing more offensive than when someone would come into my house and be like, oh, I don't want, like, I don't want you to have to do that, whatever. And it's like, I'm offering, please. I would feel so loved if you just opened the fridge and just sat down and started taking books off my bookshelf and reading and like nesting. Like you just taking that breath and that peace. I sit there and I'm like giddy, like, oh my gosh, someone's in my house. (laughs) Like they're enjoying themselves. But that picture in the kingdom Uh is the like, sometimes the furthest thing from what I feel like could ever be possible for me of like actually just accepting and walking in these things that God has given me. It's like, I don't want to burden God even. I'm like, Oh, I'm so just so sorry. I'm so sorry all the time. But it's that like, if if you look at those things of what, what are the things that bring me the most joy that fill me up that are giftings that are these places that God has brought into my life? Almost always you will look on the opposite end of that and realize how, you are like fighting to redeem something in other people that has been stolen from you right. or that is the place that the enemy has just been a cycle over and over and over again in your life yeah. um, or that you've taken yourself out before, right. you know, like that's huge for me is I've, I've often blocked myself off before God can even do anything because yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be hurt. It's yeah, in my mind, like yeah. self-preservation is mm-hmm. the only way to live. And mm-hmm. that's what I've said for a long time. And I realize now, like that is not, true because that's me that's that picture of me you know walking into god's house you know Mm -hmm. he's got this house set up and all these things and i'm like no i don't want to sit down i don't want to take my shoes off because it's that orphan spirit of being Mm -hmm. like i don't want to get hurt again yeah and i don't want to have the comfortability here and so i know this is now like rabbit trailed into more but it's that like it's so i'm so grateful that you said that to me because i like needed to hear that reminder today of like remembering that truth of like the enemy is going to attack in these areas. I'm going to feel this way and it's not going to be happenstance. It's not going to be like, wow. It's like you're fighting for something more. Right. And you feel opposition there. And so. Well, I would say you feel opposition in your greatest areas. Oh yeah. You know? Right. And so it's like, I mean, I, someone told me that one time, they're like, probably your greatest strengths or your anointing or your calling, like wherever it is that you're anointed or called is going to be the main area where you're attacked. Right. And it's going to be the main place where you feel insecure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've seen that play out in my life, in your life, in John's life. Like the main things that God has promised over us have been the areas that we've had to fight for the most. And, and it's purposeful. Like, like, well, Yes, the enemy does it on purpose because he's intimidated, but then the Lord uses it so purposefully because we need to have that grit Mm -hmm. in those areas and not be weak. Right. And so what I love about your story, about John's story, my story, all of these things is that we will have this tenacity Mm -hmm. and this grit and like we will stand for the things we need to stand for. And once we're on the other side of these struggles, these wrestles of, you know, just the tension, I guess, like you said, 
it'll be unstoppable. Like yeah. you're going to be unstoppable in these areas right. and you're going to walk into a room and it's going to be like, I'm Molly Lee. I love you. You love me. Let's go. You know, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> stop it. Take your shoes off and let's hang out. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I see glimpses of that. I mean, you allow me to see like you at your most comfortable, hmm. you know, here at my house and all that stuff. And so oh, I Lord. feel like You've I've seen some looks. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've seen the the freedom side of that with you oh, yeah. you know and i love that side yeah and so i just love how the lord's taken you on this journey and how you've allowed me in and how you're continuously allowing more people in mm-hmm. and gaining that freedom and all of that yeah i think it's just so cool and i think it's just just such a testament to like how important friendships can be oh yeah. you know because like when we're in the tension of just or in in the journey i guess of of accepting freedom, of receiving freedom, of all of that, there, I feel like there are places we practice it, yeah. you know, if, especially if we're just like, um, just learning how to release certain things mm-hmm. and friendships can be those safe places yeah. where we're like, okay, I can take a step here right. and it's safe. Okay. So then yeah. I can take another step over here mm-hmm. and that's safe too. Okay. Right. And we can keep going. And, um, and so I just love that. And I think it just, I know I when I started this podcast, I said I wanted people to feel like they're hanging out with their friends yeah. and all that, and I do. But then it also, like, the, the importance of real friends, like, that are in your life every mm-hmm. day is so big and so yeah. real because they are the people that will be with you to mm-hmm. have those safe place, so safe spaces to just see what the Lord's doing yeah. and, like, almost like you can trust God more because he's providing these safe places in your friendships. Yeah. And so... Anyway, just kind of a little side note, but I love, I feel like you've taught me that, you know, Mm -hmm. that like really what a safe place looks like in friendship because I have not had that most of my life and friendships have been hard, especially with women. And so you've kind of, you were like my first friend that it was like, no matter what I do, she's going to love me and she's going to stand by me and she's not going to like hate me for like one little thing. And Another thing that I love is like, we don't get along all the time. Yeah. Like there are times I've like really disappointed you and you, we've Same. talked through it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like right. we, I've been like, I'm sorry. Like, I know I didn't show up for you in the way I needed to show up. And, you know, and we, we have those honest conversations with each other and it's, but it's never out of place of a place of like, I hate you because you did this to me. It's just like, yeah. I'm disappointed and I want to share my heart with you. Yeah. And we allow each other to say those things. Right. And I think it's just so healthy because then it's like, okay, well, I love you. I love you. And we've shared a deeper place of yeah. our heart and then we can move on, you yeah. know? And it's like, we all know those layers of friendship, like even seeing it just with like a lot of people use the disciples as an example yeah, of yeah. like, you got your 12 and you got your three and you got your one. Who's your one? Like, and people say that all the time, but yeah. I like we joke, but it's not even a joke. I tell you all the time, like this is a covenant marriage <laughs> between you and me. Like it is a relationship. We are in it for life because it is that picture of like, we grow up hearing like, you know, don't, don't water plants that are dead or like, yeah. don't keep watering places that are dead, whatever. <laughs> like there's truth to that. But also you like, you just know when it's your one, when it's your core people, when it's part of your like three or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, like, you know, those people and you have to fight for them and realize like, I've had to stop looking at friendships Mm -hmm. the way I learned about friendships and literally look at like our friendship, like Mm -hmm. a marriage and literally (laughs) being like, you're not going to walk away. Like you're going to be honest and and share what's going on, but you're not just going to walk away or like, it's not an option for us not to be friends for the rest of my life. Right. And I know that it's not an option for you either. Like 
there's a lot of friends that are the casual friends and you mm-hmm. find joy in those and whatever but yeah they're purposeful with, yeah but with you and me i'm like no like it's not even a question to me like right. genuinely right which trust has always been my biggest thing mm-hmm. like trust issues have just really wound themselves up in me mm-hmm. and i'm starting to recognize for the first time from going through a lot of freedom like what that looks like and how i've started to operate like that's normal and not even yeah. realizing it but anytime there's like a sermon about marriage or whatever i literally sit there and translate it into my mind into like friendships yeah of like how can i be more like more just honest like have more conversations be a champion for them and their dreams and like i see that and from them with me so how can i reciprocate that not out of a place of duty but out of a place of love and like the enjoyment of that again but literally anytime people are like oh, this sermon, whatever on marriage. I'm like, okay, Molly and Lonnie sermon. <laughs> you know, like, mm, yes, yes, write that down. Yeah, you do love me so well. Oh my gosh. Um, it, pro- it makes you uncomfortable sometimes when I'm like, Lonnie. It's true because I, you know, I, I sometimes used to complain that John wasn't like romantic and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and over here, I'm like, can I hug you? Yeah. Can I kiss you on the cheek? And I used to be, so I used to be like, so like, oh, I wish John was more romantic. And then one day, you did something that was like so sweet. I don't even remember what it was, but you were like so affectionate, so loving. And I kind of cringed and yeah. you were like, don't do that. And I was like, I'm sorry. And then I realized I have the perfect husband. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Molly Lee. I was yeah. like, no, it's Jonathan because oh, right. I don't receive Rude. like, effect- <laughs> sorry. It's like, I don't receive affection like well you oh know? yeah so then i was like oh if john were any more lovey-dovey yeah, or like, anything i would just i would be like i don't think i like you yeah. it was well what's so funny is when we used to live together because you're so physically affectionate oh my and gosh. i'm not like yeah. i mean i am with ava which yeah. is so funny my mom was like you would never let me hug and kiss you as a child but with ava you're literally all over yeah. her and i was like yeah i don't know what happened but she's the only one <laughs> and um and so like when we used to live together you would be like hey do you want to like sit on the couch with me and i'd be like no (laughs) and i'd be like yeah Yeah. do you remember (laughs) there was one day we were sitting on the couch (laughs) and i don't remember if you were like sad or something or if it was just a okay (laughs) it was just just a random day we were watching a show or something and i (laughs) totally involuntary i literally didn't even know i just you know you were just like scooching closer and closer and closer we started on opposite ends of the couch yeah and then finally you're i just turned to you and i'm like hey molly um do you think you could scoot over a little bit and i was about to roll my eyes being like lonnie how much further away can i get from you i'm on the other side of the couch i know (laughs) that you don't like affection i like i'm not trying to like just always be close to you and i look up i am literally laying on her shoulder And I do not know how I scooted over in that time. I don't even rem- like. There's no recollection of me ever migrating at all. And I had to go at least three feet, yeah. like over. I don't know when it happened or how it happened. I don't either because I was just watching TV. But then yeah. I looked, and all of a sudden, I'm like, she's on top of me. Yeah, I didn't even notice. I was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm literally so sorry. <laughs> oh, it's just so funny, so funny. But then, like, you know, the times that i do hug you you know it means extra oh my gosh yeah you know it's like the deepest level of affection i could give to it you. means so much to me yeah. same with my sister i'm like oh my god wow <laughs> she loves me she gave me a hug for graduation yeah. wow <laughs> remember there was that day you were sad yeah at um at a camp we were at and mm-hmm. i i hugged you i cried mm-hmm. i just cried in bed i just hugged you and i kissed your forehead and, and just held me and i was like and oh. you were like weeping i was like i do love you see yeah <laughs> 
I was like, I'll never forget this day. <laughs> Pivotal moment. It turned from the worst day to the best day. I'm just kidding. And that's what, that's what my Jesus does. <laughs> he takes our lowest moment, our morning, and turns it into dancing. <laughs> yeah, but I do think it's funny because for how similar we are, we also are polar, polar opposites, opposites yeah. of things. Like, you love sports. Oh. Like, probably one of the most important parts of your life yeah. is sports. And it's my mission in life to convert you. And I know nothing about sports and yeah. like hate watching sports. Yeah. Except for when I got really into Coach K for that that yeah. last game. One one game against Tech, which yeah. is I went to Texas Tech, so it was painful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Molly's sitting there. She's like, okay, we got a big game tonight. I'm going to come over. I'm going to watch it. I was like, great, cool. And then she's telling me Coach K's story. She's like, if he wins this game, it's going to be the hundredth tournament it's win for him. Game. And it's He's his retiring. last game. He's retiring after this. And we got to beat him. We got to not make him get we, to a hundred. Yeah, I was like, we have to crush this old man's yeah. dreams and, and i was like, like oh i love this story that is molly that is so sweet and i was like no no we hate him lonnie we don't like him and i was like seriously you're not gonna jeer him and on it's like, he's so old time. and so cute and i was like he's a menace he's a menace <laughs> so it then, turned against me but i also was like i will have you root against me any day if it means that you will halfway pretend to care about this game right I now i mean i watched that game you did and so it was like she was so excited but also so mad at me because then i was just then like we lost. go duke go duke. you would it got to the point though that you weren't like at first it was kind of a bit but then yeah. you were like really loving yeah. him and then at one point duke scored you literally you said this is the first basketball game i've ever watched in my life and that killed it killed something inside of me and at one point duke scored and you clapped involuntarily <laughs> Like you don't. And care then I stopped it. myself. And I was like, "Oh, it's happening," <laughs> and it's painful, <laughs> and it's really painful. But it was short lived because then the next True. game they lost. Yeah. And so, and then I was like, "Oh, the Duke Devils! I don't think I can cheer for She's a like, team no, that I don't like that. <laughs> I can't cheer for the Devils. I can't let that in my house." <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm switching next march i'm switching okay good but we'll watch basketball anyways polar opposites yeah so polar opposites about sports food <laughs> yeah. most like everything that i love you hate yeah Besides all the corn dogs oh yeah we do we do love corn dogs but i feel like the brazilian stuff i've made for you you've liked oh yeah loved i love it when you cook for me all the time i'm like what's for dinner but uh, it's because i'm like what don't you like and then i'll i won't make that <laughs> yeah i'm like Lonnie and i have the same palate when but I it's stick, because of your intentionality when I stick within the parameters <laughs> yeah. you She's love like, it okay molly hates everything i'll put these basic noodles together with <laughs> i remember you had a podcast episode that was like your list of seven things that, yeah seven, seven, seven things mm -hmm. you hate and I'm, she's just talking and I'm like, I love that. I love that. Yeah, you're just doing check that. marks. Like, oh, okay. I literally texted <laughs> you after that and I was like, I don't know how we can be friends anymore. I, <laughs> I think this it, is it. Yeah. It's it's so, it's like a social experiment almost just to realize how much crossover we have and then how much we're like just trying to win each over each other over to the other side of an argument. <laughs> yeah. There's a balance. There's a balance. Yeah. Again, the tension, the tension that we have to leave in. Yeah. <laughs> That's the name of the podcast, The Tension. The, the Tension. <laughs> the Tension. Well, I actually was about to ask a question about tension. Oh, please. I. That's the power of my Jesus again. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be serious. Um, Serious. Yeah. It doesn't have to be okay. serious. <laughs> okay. But um, I know that this is something I personally have struggled with, and I feel like you're going to have a really good answer to this. But 
you know, you talked about how you have a really mothering heart mm-hmm. and how um, that's a big part of who you are, but you're not a mom yeah. um, in the physical. Mm-hmm. And so I would just want to ask, like, how, how have you wrestled with the tension of knowing the Lord has promised something, but not seeing the promise yet? And like, how have you fought past the lie that the original promise wasn't real? Yeah. Because I think there's a temptation, obviously, from the enemy, whenever we don't see something, mm-hmm. like he comes in and says, like, God's promise wasn't real. Yeah. Then like, almost like we manufactured it up in our own heads, right? making God like untrustworthy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that happens to you. Oh, yeah. And if it does, how have you wrestled with that and fought past that? Yeah, I'm like in the middle still of figuring like even just the basics of those out in the sense of like what is my approach when this thought comes in um and I was I was thinking recently about like was there ever a time which it's the most painful question I've had I've had to ask myself it's Mm -hmm. like if I'm gonna choose to believe because it's so hard for me to just believe it sometimes about this mothering spirit and if I if I'm going to choose to believe that like and ask myself the question of have I have I heard God directly promise that in the physical in the way that I have been wanting and envisioning and have dreamed of that to be my whole life um, of having kids and being a mom yeah and I have to sit there and to be honest with you this is mm-hmm. the first time I've ever said it out loud I don't know that I've ever heard or felt God promise that in my life of in the physical like having my own kids one day Mm. I it's still a hope and I Mm -hmm. pray for it and I know that God is good and wants the best for me and the desires of my heart and all of that like the check mark things that we have to do sometimes to like justify our spirit and remind ourselves that God is good even when we're feeling pain but I have to sit there and and feel this like but I I know for a fact that like the biggest joy of my life, I lead a group of junior girls in high school. Yeah. And I know for a fact that they are like one of the brightest points of my life, of mm-hmm. the joy that I have. I hang out with them all the time. I like, it is not a burden to me at all to mm-hmm. like, it's not a checklist for me to do things for them or whatever it is. And I sit there and it's like the the affection that I feel for them and the the mothering nature that I have for them and that I fight for them in, like that is part of the the promise that God has given of mm-hmm. at least in the sense, because I, even though I haven't felt like he's said that ever to me directly um, about like being a mom in the physical, like having my own kids, all of that mm-hmm. stuff, there's always been a promise of mothering and knowing that it was part of who I am and accepting that. And I tried to run for it for a long time, like didn't, didn't want to even be like affectionate, even though it was like my nature to be Mm -hmm. affectionate and hold people close and like, just love them and care for them. It was almost painful of being like, I don't want to, again, the self-preservation of like, I don't want to fully dive into that or believe that promise or hope for that and then be hurt. Cause I think all the time, like, honestly, like, would I still love Jesus if I'm 60 and I've never been married and never had kids. Mm -hmm. And that is a difficult thing for me to wrestle through right now. And I think like there's been so many things that I've wanted across the span of my life, Mm -hmm. like just selfishly being like, God, (laughs) like I want to see this. I want to move to London. Yeah. (laughs) And I sit there and I'm like, I have, he's never left me and I've always been good. Like, Mm -hmm. and I've like, I've struggled in the past and all of these things, but it's like, my relationship with the Lord, like even when I've sat there and been like, I think I hate God (laughs) or like I'm wrestling through that place right now. 
it was always relationship of talking with him. Like mm-hmm. I am my most honest self with the Lord. Like yeah. that has never been something that I've struggled with. Like yeah. cursing all the things. Like I'm just like, this is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is me. This is what I'm feeling. Yes. Lord, talk to me in it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's that I'm, I know I'm like fumbling cause I'm trying to find my words, but no, I don't know. It's like, again, looking at that place of what is the, the root of this promise and mm-hmm. this, what I feel like he has spoken versus what I'm hoping it turns out to be or what I'm hoping to see one day. And how do I still like hope for that and believe for that and like desire it earnestly and still not let it stop me from pressing in now. Like if I wait until I have kids one day to call myself a mom or accept that mothering spirit Uh or that mothering nature, then my girls now are going to miss out on yeah. all that could be invested in them and right. all that I could pour into them and that I could have returned to me and that love and just relationship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, if I wait for that to become a reality in the way that I think it should be, then I'm missing it. Right. It's like, you know what right. I mean? So you're already walking in it. now. Yeah. And yeah. I think too, honestly, it's people like you that remind me all the time, like, stop saying that, stop saying yeah. that, you know? Because, too, I felt so uncomfortable this year because on Mother's Day, my girls, like, texted me and were like, Happy Mother's Day. That's Happy so Mother's sweet. Day. And I would reply back to them and be like, Shut up. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are, this is so embarrassing and cringe. But I sat there and it was like, it wasn't just like a stop. That's so embarrassing. I was actually rejecting that. Like, that yeah. is so painful to me. Like, yeah. I'm not a mom. Yeah. And that is so painful to me. So I think for me, I still struggle with that idea of people being like, You are a mom, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, But I'm not. And but I'm, I'm reconciling the place of like, I'm not and that's okay because it's yeah. in that sense of like mothering, <laughs> like I mother people. Right. And I, I'm confident that I mother them well because I feel the pain of that, of the Which investment. Which means you do get to be celebrated on Mother's Day, Molly. Sure. I still struggle with that and will grow. But, you know, it's like, it's like redefining those places yeah. even until, even if it's just kind of a comfort now, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's still like fighting for that place and that freedom and that place with God to accept that and to let it, I don't know. I don't know if any of that makes sense or where it I'm does, at. but I'm going to challenge you a tiny bit. Okay. Sorry. I'll, I'll welcome it. But if, you know, so if you're like unsure about, okay, how do I want to ask this? Cause you were saying like, let it loose. If I may not ever have this, whatever. Yeah what do you feel or how do you what do you think about like speaking it into existence you know yeah even if you're like not 100 percent sure that god said you're mm-hmm. gonna get married you're gonna right. have kids if you know that it's a desire that it's a kingdom desire it's a heavenly yeah. desire why why isn't he asking you to partner with him to mm-hmm. declare those things into existence right and it, it comes back to the self-preservation piece for yeah. me. And like, even as you said that, I realized that I did say that of like, if it never happens for me one day, mm-hmm. because that like, that realism for me, like it has become my nature. But I realized that even in that being a realist of, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to be neutral about things and see things from a whole perspective, that's still the self-preservation piece of me that's not trusting God with it. That's right. like, okay, I just want to leave the margin of error here that like, yeah. okay, if it doesn't happen, you're still good. And bang, 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 like, and I'm the one that wrote that. So I know that I can be okay with it. Yeah. It comes back to that control piece for me of almost wanting to like protect God in that way from my own mind and my own heart. You don't want to give him a bad rap yeah. for not coming through. Yeah. And yeah. not just for other people, but like for myself, like yeah. for my brain, like mm-hmm. it's like leaving that space. And so 
I don't know that I fully know the answer to that because even when I, like, I know that there's power in declaring that. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like, I don't want the emptiness without the emotion behind it. But I think that's where I've, I've trapped myself most of my life is I've believed that I have to feel it to be able to declare it and mean it Mm -hmm. when it's actually like the power of words and speaking that out starts to build the faith in your heart to then believe it one day. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like, I don't like going through the motions. I'm like, I want to be real. Even if you tell me the worst things about yourself, I want that all day. Like, I don't care. Nothing's going to change. Like, I'm not shocked by anything. Nothing changes. Like, it's... I don't even, I can't even explain it. It's like, I, I love it actually. It makes me Mm -hmm. love you more when I find out all the terrible things you've ever done as a person, (laughs) but it's, I don't, I don't know. It's like having to say that and fight for that instead of just waiting to feel it Mm -hmm. is still something that I don't know how to do well. Yeah. And I'm learning for the first time and I'm trying to do that. Well, and that's something. So I'm glad you called me out on that because I didn't even realize that I had said that until. I didn't mean to call you out. No, it's good. But that's something that like I learned from my father-in-law. Yeah. You know, he says, you can't always change what you feel. But we can change what we believe, which will change how we feel. Yeah. And so it's like when you say something, Mm -hmm. the power of words, you know, you have to like declare it over yourself until it becomes real in your head. Mm -hmm. And then from your head, it moves to your heart, which then changes how you feel. Yeah. And I feel like that is something that like is hard to do. Oh, yeah. You know, and it takes a long time Mm -hmm. because when we work so hard, or when the enemy works so hard to create a thought pattern in our minds, yeah, we have to spend time debunking that yeah. and then replacing it with truth. Yeah. But then once you do that work, then the truth is ingrained in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think for me too, it's like there's a lot of different scenarios and like spiritual trauma, very deep spiritual yeah. trauma that I've walked through. Oh, for sure. And so in that place, when I sit there and like I've framed emotions for a lot of my life or believed that you know, at first it was that emotions were fact, you're feeling how you feel, lean into that, the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit's using it, whatever. Then realizing that emotions are indicators, that they can be obviously like indicators from the Holy Spirit, or it's just an indicator for you to say, okay, well, why do I feel that way? Yeah. This, this, before I take it as truth, let's dig deeper. Why do I feel this way? Let's reframe it before I just accept it. And then after walking through a lot, it almost became a place of like, I don't want to be manipulating my mind. It's like the place yeah. that I went into because of being manipulated and lied to and all of these yeah. things that I was now having to undo. Um, which again, it's like, I would picture the work of all of that, of like me having to undo it instead of just like resting in who I know the Lord to be. Right. And being like, I've also learned a lot that I have to unlearn. So this isn't me like manipulating myself or being caught in right. something else. It's literally like, almost alleviating and like Mm -hmm. reminding myself that these things were not God. These are people, not the Lord, you know? And also what does that look like for me to actually declare these things and build that back into my spirit of being able to confidently, because I'll be a hundred percent honest. I can't look at you today and be like, I'm going to be a mom one day. Yeah. You know? And like, that's painful for me, but it's also like, the most vulnerable place in me of like, right. I want that. But if I let that hold me back from walking in that now, or mm-hmm. like from championing other people in that now, mm-hmm. then it's like, you're, you're missing out. And you're just building up bitterness between you and the Lord of right. like, 
you know what I mean? It's right. just not worth it. Like right. that. And I'm learning that for the first time. Like, yeah. I know I've referenced it, but counseling has been instrumental to me in right. a lot of things in my life. But in this area specifically of realizing that like God is not my enemy. Right. And I have let the enemy convince me that God is my enemy. Yeah. And so, yeah. Well, I think it's what you said earlier. It's you were trusting these people that mm-hmm. manipulated you that yeah. were spiritual leaders right. and like church hurt, all of that. Oh, yeah. It just sucks. Yeah. It's horrible. Right. Like we've all, we've all, I think, been there yeah. to some degree, whether it's like actually as intense mm-hmm. as we think it is or, you know, yeah. if it isn't. Um, I think, I do think people can kind of blame the church for a lot of right. things that isn't really their fault. But I do know the church, yeah, the capital C church, <laughs> like has been, has, has hurt you know but oh, it's, it's like the place of the place in my life has been the most pain was in those spaces but with obviously people right but that's the place that i've healed mm-hmm. too it's yeah, like you god can't, used the church to oh heal you. yeah like you yeah. can't run from that you can't yeah. run from what the church really is yeah and it's like when into it it gets even more confusing when like you've like because you know like i had discernment in those seasons and mm-hmm. was questioning things and whatever and was still being told that my discernment and like that that wasn't God. And so I think that's what really started to mess me up is I started to doubt the voice that I knew to be God. Yeah. And when I let go of that and leaned into other people instead of the Lord in right. that place of like knowing that that is him moving yeah. in my life, um, it, it just led to obviously a spiral of a lot of pain right. and even more trust issues and all of these things. But right. being back, like I, I ended up moving, being back in my hometown in Abilene, like being in the church, not working there, not like being in the church and being with my people again has like, that's been the place that has allowed me the space to breathe for the Lord to like usher in and start healing those places inside of me. Right. And, and that's so good. And I think it just speaks to something that we should always be cautious of is like, am I listening to quote unquote godly people and quote unquote godly counsel? Yeah. Or am I listening to the voice of God? Mm -hmm. Because we can trust God's voice. Right. It's always, he is always trustworthy. His mm-hmm. voice is always trustworthy. But yeah, spiritual leaders, godly people, people in the church. I mean, we everything we have to check yeah. with the Lord. Right. And there is a danger when, when people who are in leadership replace, when their voice replaces God's voice. Yeah. And I think it's such an important lesson for all of us to learn. And what's so cool is I think the Lord comes back and just fortifies Mm -hmm. your courage to stand on what he says versus what other people say that he says. Right. And so I just, that's what I love about your story is that even though you've been through so much pain, you have allowed the Lord to strengthen your hearing muscles Mm. and now like you hear from the lord and it's insane like Mm. your accuracy all of that um especially for other people you know and i think now the lord's like working on you know his father voice you know and you being able to receive all of that you know because i think i I don't know i just think you are going to get to receive like an element of the father's love Mm -hmm. that most people won't like i think that that's god's promise for you is that sorry that i went there (laughs) oh no i love it because too it's like you uh, like mothering in general like we only know how to do that because of the father because of that love from him so it's like when there's 
that awkwardness and not knowing how to receive that or like father wounds from mm-hmm. your like earthly dads and yeah. and just all of these other layers on top of it like and mother wounds like just oh yeah like mentor wounds all of mm-hmm. these places from people of trust and and relationship and these capacities like it's it's learning from the Lord what that looks like because all of that gets woven into our ways of operating and we don't realize it. Right. So like with my youth girls, it's like I can't pour into them just based on what I received and what I know to be true. Right. It's like taking that back and asking the Lord like to solidify it mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's from him and if it's there yeah. and also to like usher in something new if it's not. And right. so that fathering piece is huge and it's painful. Like it's mm-hmm. painful to go down that road, like yeah. in any capacity, yeah. any sense of the word, it is painful to like start seeking that out. But like blocking it off has been my defense for most of my life because I just was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to go there, whatever. And it's like, you're never going to be ready. Right. You're never going to be ready to go there. Like pressing into that is the only thing that it's the only option. So just pushing it off is, it just adds to the, suspense and the pain you know so <laughs> yeah and I don't then, even know if that adds to the conversation so. well but then it's like pushing through things and like allowing the lord to move the quicker you do that the quicker you see breakthrough oh yeah you know so it's like i think sometimes fear gets in the way and there's just this like i don't know if i can do it or can i really trust god enough all this stuff and it's like well the the quack quacker the quicker mm-hmm. <laughs> you another thing my father-in-law says he's like you can't fail a god test but you're going to keep taking it until you pass. Yeah. And so the quicker you can pass the test, Mm -hmm. you know, the quicker you're going to see the breakthrough and the quicker you're going to see the promise. Right. And yeah, with waiting in general, I feel like there's so much joy in the waiting. Mm -hmm. And and I've learned that just in different, because I think we're all in seasons of waiting. Yeah. We're all waiting on some sort of promise. Mm -hmm. And there's the temptation to just long for the end yeah and long to see it come to pass Mm -hmm. instead of just enjoying the journey you know and (laughs) life is in the journey not (laughs) amen hobby lobby sign (laughs) not in the destination (laughs) but you know truly in the things that i've seen come to pass or come to completion i can learn and i'm sure like you can or Mm -hmm. you know people listening like there are things in your life that you've 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 received that promise yeah and you can look back at the journey when you haven't received that promise and say oh like i maybe should have enjoyed that more because there were things to take and receive in those seasons Mm -hmm. that were instrumental and i learned so much through the process Mm -hmm. so you and i are very similar in that like you know, you haven't had a ton of dating experience. Mm-hmm. I had close to none yeah. whenever I dated John. And so for most of my life, I thought I'm probably not going to get married till I'm in my mid thirties. I yeah. want to do a ton of mission work before then, just travel a lot, see the world. Cause I, I mean, I dated one person for a month in college, so yeah. that barely counts. Yeah. And, and so anyway, whenever John came before that, really, I just was always like, I'm not going to get married, not going to get married. Like, I I thought I was never going to get married, Mm. truly, because no one had ever wanted to date me before. So why would someone want to marry me? Right. You know, and I remember just like wrestling with all that. And then when John finally came around, I was like, oh, is this going to like happen? (laughs) Yeah, you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) It's like, and then you realize it really only takes one person. Like, you don't have to date 20 people to get married. Right. It only takes one person to for god to be like this is it and you're like oh yeah 
yeah <laughs> you know yeah and so i think it's so funny with so many things that it's like we think we have to have a lot of experience doing something or you know a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. for it to be the right thing or, yeah. or for it to be even be real yeah. you know like if someone's waiting to um like waiting for a job opportunity mm-hmm. you know just because you haven't gotten a job offer every day doesn't mean you're not ever going to get a job yeah it only takes the right job right. for you to get the job yeah you know and and i think like just looking back in my journey of like being single and all of that i i hated it the whole time and i was oh, like yeah am I ever going to get married? What am I going to do? And mm-hmm. there was just this turmoil in my heart. And I'm like, God, you don't like me because yeah. no one likes me. And right. so I'm never going to get married. And it's like, then it happens and you like forget all of that. You know, yeah. you forget the tension and all of that. Yeah. And I love the job example you used because even though that's a painful place for a lot of people, I, like for me personally, the the topic of, you know, parenthood and relationships and all of that, like can be really painful. And we just think about the disappointments in our life. But for me, like, it might not be for you. But for me, the the job opportunity is like, neutral to where I can look at that situation. And remember, like from that example of, you know, waiting, it's just the one right job opportunity that comes up. It, Mm -hmm. It also reminds me like, what you do in the waiting matters. Like if you're just sitting there waiting, then you just have 24 hours a day for your mind to race and convince you that you're the worst and you're also not developing any skill and all of that stuff. It's like, it's not that you have to do all of these works and you have to be Mm -hmm. the best and you have to clean yourself up or whatever. It's just like, but what you do in the waiting matters, like how much more could you like if you just go and start doing all this other stuff and you're just adding to your resume and blah 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 like you might end up getting a way better job than you ever thought you would by just sitting there with where you were at right but and it's not like oh i've got to do all these works in the term of relationship like it doesn't translate so like in a linear way like i have to kiss 40 men before (laughs) i'm married so i can be ready to kiss my husband even like people oftentimes will tell me like well you know you you just get to get all free and stuff before you meet someone and like there's truth to that that i'm so grateful now that i've started walking in it that like Mm -hmm. yeah that's amazing but also like it's not the thing to live for because it reminds you of like that performance mentality of like right i have to clean myself up and be perfect to meet someone and get married yeah or like yeah it's because i have all of these problems that i'm not getting married Mm -hmm. and we even write it in our mind as like god's protection and all of this other stuff and i think that there's a like there's a lot of protection in that but at the same time it's like sometimes we're not going to know why something happens or why it was x amount of time or years or whatever it Mm -hmm. was but at the same time it's like we've believed this lie that our life doesn't start, especially in West Texas in the Bible Belt. Like our life does not start until you get married and you start a family Mm -hmm. or until you achieve this certain level of success. But it really is tied into that relational aspect of Mm -hmm. marriage. And like if I was just waiting around for my life to start until all of these things happened, then like who like it could literally be when I'm 40 years old and I would just be sitting here like sad and not enjoying life when it's like, if, if like, then this might be a backwards way of thinking about it. But my mind is like, if I'm waiting around for these things and not like, and choosing to be like bitter and mad at God for it when he still has something good for me, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's not like we get so focused on the one goal and writing it in our mind, this truth of like, well, that's how I know that God is good 
it's like weighing God's goodness, like everything yeah. in life either becomes for the cause of Christ or against it right. of like, but our, our own agenda and our own mm -hmm. mindset of is God good if mm -hmm. this doesn't happen? Yeah. Like if when we start thinking like that, every little thing just is like going into a scale of, mm -hmm. okay, well, that's either adding, yes, God is good or nope, he's, I can't trust right. him. And like, that can't be the thing. And so I've learned for me, one of the biggest things is just to chill. <laughs> like yeah. to stop taking so much and That's like good. trying to Tetris it into well, how does this work into my life? Like right. just let the things be. Mm -hmm. If it's coming, it's coming. If it's passing, it's passing. Just to let it ebb yeah. and flow and just be like, okay, if this is important, like then highlight it or whatever yeah. it is. My girls just ask me a lot of the time, like trying to make sense of specific things that are happening in their life. And I just tell them like, I just don't even know that that's a bad, like, I know that it's painful and it's there, but yeah. I just don't even know that that's a battle that you need to spend your energy fighting. Like, right. I feel like you're just taking on this extra stuff just right. for the sake of doing something else or for yeah. the sake of, of trying to create and control your own peace in a mm -hmm. situation. And yeah. it's like, if we're still creating our own peace, uh -huh. then we don't know peace. Right. Then we don't know that's joy. Good. It's like the idea of rest too, of like, um, like, if you're waiting and like working extra, extra hard to uh -huh. like have rest or go on a vacation or do whatever it is, like you don't know the truth that that rest is supposed to be ingrained in everything that we do. And it's like peace in that place, like replace whatever you want in that operating mindset of Christ and of yeah. our life as believers. Uh -huh. And if I'm like, and I'm saying this, not like uh, preaching to people, but to myself of like this reminder that if I'm waiting around for these things to happen to in my mind believe that that's where my life starts, then I, I'm missing out on so much. And yes. people that, you know, got married when they were 18 all the time are like, singleness is such a gift. It's such a gift. It's <laughs> such a gift. And like when people say that and you know that it's true, but then people say that that have never walked in that season. Right. I'm just like, I would never walk up to a dad and be like, listen, this is how you need to to make decisions for your kids or whatever right. it is. It's just like, I have done. never been there. First of all, what kind of hierarchy do you have in your mind that you are the most important person to speak into that? It's like, yeah. also what I've found to be so sweet is the is learning from my friends what it looks like to invite people into that conversation and into that place. Yeah. Um, because it also allows me to reject the voices that insert themselves into the conversation, yeah. you know? Yep. Um, and so I look at my friends that have walked seasons of singleness or seasons like long seasons of waiting. Right, right. And I even have a lot of women in my life that are like in their 50s, 60s, 70s that have never been married. Mm -hmm. And when you talk to them about it, they're not going to diminish the pain. It's not that false positivity again of right. like, oh, I just like God just took that desire away or whatever. They talk about like, oh, it's it's painful. But you ask anyone that's married at the end of their life, these places of pain, of dreams that they, or promises, or just whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be those places of confusion and pain. There's going to be the places of joy and redemption and praise and thankfulness mm -hmm. and all of these places. But like when I look at their life and I ask them questions of like, what did it look like? Or when did it change? Or when did you realize this? Or, you know, what happened that it was like that shift of, waiting and just being like the receiver almost mm -hmm. of like your life and what's yeah. in front of you to actually like partnering with God right and like living and walking and doing mm -hmm. and like of course there's times where it is like utter sadness and sure. pain and confusion and not just from like oh, I just want to be married but it's like it it plays into your mind like you talked about of 
no one wants me and I'm the mm-hmm. worst. And how do I know that? It's because I've never dated anyone. I've never yeah. had a boyfriend. I've never known any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like never experienced this in my life. But mm-hmm. that's again coming into the place of like, ex- we think that experience like in having that would lead us to the emotions and the knowledge of doing all of this when it's like, just chill. Yeah. <laughs> like have the peace in it of like, hey, if this is something I'm supposed to press into and try to figure out and dissect and release it to the Lord and talk, then like, make it evident, God. Yeah. If not, I'm not going to question this conversation or this fight with a coworker or whatever. I'm just going to let it rest and not be like, this is my Everest. Like, this is the thing I'm supposed to fight for. It's like, whatever it is in your life, it's kind of just like, chill. (laughs) Yes. Chill. And like, trust that God, who has always made the big things, the big things and the main things, the main things, like, just trust that. Yeah. It's going to be like highlighted to you. It's going to be evident. It's going to stir your spirit in a way where you know without a shadow of a doubt that like this is in line with what God has called me to or this is a growing area for me. I'm going to, you know, like, yes, chill, chill. (laughs) And what I feel like you're also saying is like we can trust the Lord. Yeah. And if if we trust the Lord, we also know that he wastes nothing. Yeah. And so you shouldn't waste anything. Yeah. If he, if you're in a season of waiting and it's, you haven't seen the promise yet, if God's saying to go move over here to the left, but mm-hmm. you're like, no, Lord, I'm supposed to be yeah. going straight towards mm-hmm. this path. And this We're is what you have for me. We're still gripping onto our idea of yeah. what it's supposed to and be. And he's like, no, I really need you to move to the left right here. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, but that has nothing to do with what we're doing over yeah. here. And he's like, well, can you just trust me? Yeah. It's you like know? shoots and ladders just came to mind of yeah. like, you, you like, he's like, there's a ladder right there. Yeah. And I just like want you to jump on it. And you're like, but this is the path. And yeah. the path winds around the whole board. And God is like, okay. <laughs> I just like, what if? <laughs> yeah. we did the trust thing <laughs> what if you just fall this and is I'm a crazy idea you catch you? <laughs> yeah yeah and so like i think i think that's the reality of life mm-hmm. for everybody you know yeah in every season of waiting is god wastes nothing yeah and if we will chill mm-hmm. and just obey him every step of the way yeah you're good yeah. like there's no better place to be than in the place of obedience with yeah. the Lord. And there's no better place to be than covered by his leadership, mm-hmm. his favor, all of that. Yeah. It's safe there. Mm-hmm. So even if it doesn't look the way you think it's supposed to look because he has said this or X, Y, Z. Yeah. Well, he's saying this right now. Yeah. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just looking at your life, like you said this earlier, if you would have waited to step into your mother, motherhood anointing, mm-hmm. spiritual mother anointing, when you became a mom, yeah. you and all these other people around you that are benefiting from this would be would be lacking, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's like think of the lives that are impacted now because you said yes to your anointing and your call now right. before seeing it in the physical. Mm-hmm. Think of all those people like they would be missing that, yeah, and they would be lacking. And even more so, like I think about the the spiritual moms that did that for me yeah. that were in my same stage of life. It's mm-hmm. not like. Like we have this idea of a spiritual mom that's like, you know, very old and wise and has lived a life and all this stuff. But like, <laughs> old it and was, gray. but I, I forget it was women just like me, like mm-hmm. that were in their 20s and single and would step into that gap and lead at camp or lead a life group or whatever it right. was that like completely were instrumental into ushering in what God has done with my life and identity and all of these pieces. It's mm-hmm. like, I think about that and, and think about 
how crushed and how I would not be who I am if these people had not stepped into that place, Mm -hmm. despite the cost, because it it is costly and it hurts because you're also like still trying to equate it in your mind of what it looks like. But stepping into that place of trust and diving in and letting the Lord use that, it's like I, that 100% is the reason why I am who I am. Yeah. And it's it just it brings back that perspective of purpose and the intentionality and the importance of it and to fight for it to not Mm -hmm. just like be the victim of your life like you're not the victim of your circumstance and like stuff is going to happen either way and when you try to sit there and be like well if something bad like equating god's goodness to your circumstances it's like you're always going to be in that cycle like Mm -hmm. you're never going to break it if your mindset is like and victim people get like super jarred by and in that, that just that terminology they like sure. want to avoid yeah. but it's just that idea of like completely letting the circumstances sway you side to side and i know that because i've done that for the last mm-hmm. few years and it was a change from who i grew up to be mm-hmm. and then i let circumstances and i've never felt more rattled more unsure of myself more shaken more broken more desperate more angry and sad than in that place where i was just a a victim to the circumstances of like letting it define my view of god and all of this stuff and it's like just yeah get the grip and chill (laughs) and like god is not defined by our circumstances he's not defined by other people he's not defined by what's going on yeah he is who he is just start sending me this podcast link every time I come to you and I'm crying and I'm like, I didn't do that. Just be like, hey, remember? Remember when you said this? Remember you said that. That was your mouth that said that. <laughs> I'll be like, okay. <laughs> you right. <laughs> I would never. But you should. <laughs> it's allowed. <laughs> permission. Full permission. I'm also going to send you this clip. Okay, sure. Of you saying that it's allowed. Right. So that you're not like, I hate you, Lonnie. Um, you're going to get a, a text that just says, the voicemail you are trying to reach has not been set up. Please call again. Goodbye. <laughs> or you can just be like, remember when I said this on your podcast, Lonnie? Here you go. You need to hear this. Beep, boop, bop, bop, bop. Yeah. Send. Man, I think that was really good. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think all of that was just so needed because um, not everybody may be waiting to, for marriage mm-hmm. um, or waiting for um, to be a mom. Yeah. But I think there are, everybody's waiting for something. Yeah. And... So I think it's a needed conversation of like, how do we wait? Yeah. What does what does waiting in a holy way look like? Mm-hmm. You know, because I think it can be such a sacred part of our lives, yeah. the waiting journey. And it, there's this like intimacy with the Lord that we're forced to have when we're fighting for a promise that he's given us. Yeah. And it's, again, like I said, the, the grit and the tenacity mm-hmm. that it teaches us is huge and it's worth it, you know? Yeah. And... I would just encourage everybody that's listening, like think back to a time where you fought for something and the Lord provided it, you know, and think back to all that it instilled in you, everything that you gained from that journey. Mm -hmm. Because I do think we all have something, you know, even if it's not like a massive breakthrough in some area, we have something where we can say, see where the Lord provided or came through. Yeah. And especially in this area of waiting and like pioneering, if you want to see it as that way, or for people that are literally paving a new path whether Mm -hmm. for their family and like you know spiritual bondage and like generational chains and things like that um 
it, like you you can have this moment you might even be having it now because i've had this epiphany many times where like you're so caught up in the chaos and then mm-hmm. you come up for air and it's that moment of like sober thinking or where you're, you have like the aerial perspective mm-hmm. and you just try to take a deep breath and you start to feel the panic or whatever it is like yeah that's my situation when you look and you're like this is such a mess how do i fix it mm-hmm. first of all it's again you're trying to control it by saying how do i fix it right and what i found to be so helpful for me when you don't know a starting place or when all of it is like i don't want the bible verse answer i want the Mm -hmm. real practical jesus meet me here what do i do yeah when you're pioneering and you're so like just learning to trust the voice of the lord again and like or for the first time even and and walking in all these places if you find yourself in that place where you're caught up just ask yourself like okay what is the last thing that i know god asked me to do yeah and go back to that place right and know that you know it's not the like god doesn't measure that success or he's not looking for that and being like well you want to you wanted to walk forward again that's yeah that's the performance piece in us that's like i don't want to disappoint god (laughs) like i gotta keep moving forward he he called me to this i know he called me to walk this and to push forward and to pave this new path yeah and i don't know what it looks like like we we i we envision that idea of retreat Uh (laughs) as like a failure or as giving up when it's like I would argue that that place of retreat is exactly where God wanted us to be the whole time. Yes. <laughs> and like we were paving ahead and leaning into the fear and the uh-huh. urgency and all of this other stuff. And like, it's great. You're moving. You're not just stood still in fear. But at the same time, like, so just if you if you're listening to this and you're caught up in that moment or that thinking of panic, again, take the breath, chill and just go back to the last thing you knew the Lord told you to do or yeah. asked of you. And yeah. that there you go. Like, that's the place to be. Yeah. I mean, you want to be where God wants you to be. Yeah. If you're forcing something outside of his will, Mm -hmm. that's a dangerous place to be. It's not good. Yeah. You know, the safest place to be is, again, in his obedience, in the safety of who he is. Yeah. So that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Like, just take a breath, look what's the last thing he said and do it. And don't be afraid for things to look a different way. I, I mean, I've had to come to a place where, like, I had to decide I'm willing to look like a fool. Oh, yeah. To say yes, that I obeyed Christ. Yeah. You know, and because I've taken a lot of steps in my life that people are probably like, why did she do that? Like, why did mm-hmm. she start this podcast? It has nothing to do with what she's ever said she want to do in her life, you know? But it's like, you know, I I started recording now. It's like, okay, if 20 people listen, 20 people listen, and that's yeah. good. You know, like, I'm willing to look like a fool mm-hmm. because God asked me to do something, you yeah. know? And it, that was a scary place to get to because... Right. I care about, you know, what people think, you know, and had to overcome that Mm -hmm. and not care what people think anymore. And so for someone who their whole life was like, do they like me? Do they hate me? Do they like me? Do they hate me? And it'll crush me if they hate me. Had to come to a place where like, who cares? Mm -hmm. Who cares? Because God said this. So I'm going to do it. So trusting God, saying yes when he says to do something. Yeah. And saying, okay, when he says no. Yeah. And, and also just realizing that no space. one thinks about us as much as we think they do. Right. Like, <laughs> we're, we're not that important. <laughs> um, even though in my mind, I'm like, we are, <laughs> they they must be really concerned, <laughs> really worried. I'm like, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care about me and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> People are living their lives. True. Yeah. <laughs> like, they do have other things going on and I am not the center of their world, which is tough for me. <laughs> but also freeing you i you are the center of everybody's world molly i hope i'm the center of yours <laughs> yeah not john or ava no just me oh man well do you have any final thoughts 
I don't think I do. I've said all the words. That we I can. laid it out. We really did. I'm sitting here like, what would we talk? What was this podcast supposed to be about? <laughs> I don't know. But, Lonnie, I'm so grateful that you had me on. This has been so fun, Thank and I just know that yes. with with all that you've done, and even with like the okay, I don't know. I'm just gonna do it, and the trust, and leaping in, and seeing. Like, just hearing from you about the messages that you've received from people, like, I know this is probably making you uncomfortable for me to talk about, but it, like, I'm, I'm so proud of you and it teaches me and just reminds me about the yes and the trust and the jumping and also just the fun of it. Like, yeah. life is not just supposed to be about the, the duty and the seriousness and mm-hmm. am I right or wrong, whatever. It's like, it's, it's, the guy, God cares about fun. He loves fun too. And oh, yeah. like, as fun as this is, it's still so purposeful, obviously, and just seeing the response from people and the way that it's impacted them. And I mean, I'm just so proud of you. So thank you. Thank it's you for having to... me on. And I was about to say thank you for having me on, even though I'm not a mom. <laughs> so we're still growing. <laughs> we're still growing. <laughs> what I was going to say is it's easy to jump when you have people in your corner. Yeah. Like that's, it's the easiest, you know. Mm-hmm. And so thank you for championing me. Thank you for encouraging me and being the best. I love you. Best gal friend. Girlfriend. And I love I love all the new mom club members. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, bestie girls. Oh my gosh, they're gonna be like, never have that Molly like, girl back hey, on. Whoever that was, we hate her. <laughs> She's not a mom, not allowed. Yeah, they're gonna be like, listen, um, we just really didn't like her. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Lonnie. Love the podcast. Um, hate that Molly girl. <laughs> that episode sucked. Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> Well, just like cool yeah thank you no. for your feedback watch i'm gonna get like the most messages ever like she needs to be the new host <laughs> you're like i'm gonna listen to her motherhood podcast <laughs> you'd be like um ava today did the craziest thing you guys <laughs> like uh my daughter ava my daughter ava um my spiritual daughter ava <laughs> in craft oh man well i hope you laughed new mom's club i laughed There's... boy did we laugh <laughs> boy what a time we had here <laughs> um maybe one day we'll come back and have some fun stories yeah that are just way too intimate for this episode yeah because this was intimate in another way mm. <laughs> it's good but hope you laughed hope you had a good time hope you just enjoyed hearing what molly had to bring and all the wisdom that she's gained in her seasons of waiting and i'm just so thankful for her and her vulnerability because i know how hard it can be to be honest especially in front of people Mm -hmm. although no one's in this room so that makes it easy yeah the millions of people listening (laughs) the billions the billions of people harry styles i know you're listening out there and i love you (laughs) yeah you said i'm cutting that out i'm I'm keeping it all in we're just straight shooting this whole thing i love it anyway new moms club thank you so much for listening thank you for your support as always love you guys so much truly and i'll see you next week at the new moms club